Oops. Welcome back to Changing of the Times. I'm your host, Josh Daishi, alongside my colleague, David Ulack. David, we're talking uh, on September 12th, 2020. And kind of uh, news has been broken in the last hour or so that the Big Ten uh, presidents were going to vote tomorrow after basically canceling all fall sports. They've decided that they're going to vote tomorrow on whether they're going to bring back football and many of the other predominant fall sports, such as uh, women's volleyball, which has always been a huge uh, thing up at Penn State and Minnesota. Um, and they're also going to bring back soccer, which is huge. So, David, let me ask you a question. Why the sudden change? Um, you know, I might take a little bit more of the unpopular stance here on this one. And I don't know if it is the popular stance, but I think with lawmakers asking for answers and subpoenas into the medical science, what have you behind the decision to cancel all these sports and a group of eight players that have publicly come out and said that they were going to sue the big 10 for $10 million each. And God knows if there are other lawsuits impending because of, because of not being able to play from the football side, I think that the Big Ten is just caving in and saying we cannot afford the legal battle that is going on. And they probably don't really feel that they can legally justify with their science the cancellation of the season. And they don't want to have egg on their face plus possible litigation that could cost them in the, somewhere hundreds of millions to, I don't know, a billion dollars. If you're talking about eight guys and $10 million plus suing the big 10 for God knows if there would be a pile on effect if you know, courts were to say, yes, you are entitled to this money because you know, your NFL opportunity is being taken away to showcase. So I think they're just kind of, they're putting their hands up like we surrender. And I expect that tomorrow they are going to vote to play and they just don't want to reveal the science because there might not have been a whole bunch of, hard evidence that says not playing was in the best interest other than more opinion. Well, David, as we saw earlier today, Virginia Tech was scheduled to play Virginia next week, and they pushed mm -hmm. back their game because there was an outbreak on campus. I believe over 600 cases were reported, and they decided to delay that game. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you saw the same thing happen at TCU earlier this month. And, they, and Memphis and Houston canceled for next week already. Yes. So my question to you is – is science still proving that it's going to outlast the Big Ten? Are they making a mistake where the SEC, as we know, haven't started up? They're starting up uh, in two weeks. And the ACC has gotten started last weekend. Uh, they, they've played this week and they played today. In fact, I saw Notre Dame beat Duke and, and there were fans in the stands. There weren't a lot of them, but there were still fans in the stands at Notre Dame. So who's making the right call? The ACC and SEC? Or is the Pac-12 who, who is basically – hasn't even been mentioned in this. In fact, Utah last week furloughed every staff, every athletic staff member, and, and, and including the athletic director. So who's making the right stance? Um, right now, the, the one interesting thing that I saw as of like, as of last Monday, I was reading something to the, not reading something, heard something on the radio on New Jersey 101.5. And this has nothing to do with sports now. Now, since kids have come back to campus on all these college campuses and, you know, I forget what the number was. It was it was a pretty high number in the thousands of kids that have tested positive for COVID-19 all across the nation. 
other than possibly going to the hospital for the test, not there has been zero, according to 101.5 um, radio in New Jersey, zero people, no, zero college students actually hospitalized. So is right now, are these kids just catching the virus and it's no more than the common cold is what, or asymptomatic is what it really seems like. So my opinion, unless you start seeing kids getting really sick and possibly someone and possibly people dying, kind of what you saw in March, a lot of the science, you know, that is being referred to right now is that they have the therapeutics, you know, the, the strain is not as strong as it once was kind of with the theory of the summer is going to weaken the virus. But, you know, they will tell you that, you know, in the fall, it will become a stronger again. That is to be seen. But right now, I can't say that there's anything out there that says to me other than move forward. And if you, there is an outbreak, isolate and then move on, you know. But people are not getting deathly sick here. The ACC came out today and they said that they only need eight teams to finish eight games for it to be considered a successful season. Do you, yeah. do you agree with that statement? I don't agree with that statement, but I mean, the, I mean, I, I think that, you know, I would like to see all the teams complete the season, even if it's only eight games, that could be different to me, but eight teams for eight games. I'm trying to, I'm kind of lost on how many teams maybe it's like 12 teams in the ACC. I could be wrong there. Yeah. Give or take. Yeah. There, there's, there's some, there's some size in the, the ACC, yeah. obviously, but I think the ACC is a little bit bigger than that, but I could be, you know, give or take, you know, 12, 14 schools, something like that, you know, but, Honestly, so it's interesting. I'm going to look up your. You're talking about your numbers, okay? And this is what this is what was reported last week. So this is as of September 5th, okay? The University of Alabama on campus reported uh, 1,368 COVID cases, zero hospitalizations. Let's not forget that. Let's not forget this. When people saw there was over 500 cases that broke out in the first week, and when Alabama's kids returned to campus, they freaked out and started screaming. They need to shut everything down. They need to shut everything down. Again, we're going to go with zero hospitalization, all right? The University of Georgia, as of last week, reported 798 cases, zero hospitalization. University of Kentucky, 788 cases, zero hospitalization. Ohio State, 882, zero hospitalization. University of Kansas, again, a Big 12 school, they reported 479 cases, zero cancellation. 546 by Kansas State University, zero hospitalizations. Now we're going to use some uh, Penn State. They reported 245 cases. This is last week. And obviously that number came up a little bit, but it wasn't with athletics this week. They, they yep. did go up and, and spike, and they halted a lot of activities. But it wasn't sports-related. David, there were several other schools that totaled out. Predominant schools, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Miami, South Carolina, University of Dayton, Illinois State, and, uh, University of Iowa, and Minnesota State, uh, Missouri State. These totals total over eleven thousand cases, and none of them related to hospitalization. So, you so, and I, you and I both know friends that have had it, and they didn't realize they had it. Yeah. So again, I asked the question: Is this? Did Kevin Warren make the wrong decision in his opening and his first major move? And I understand something. He's in a lot of pressure for taking over from Jim Delaney. And if Jim Delaney was still president of the big big 10 would they be playing today well for first of all i think i think kevin warren everything you've read it was not his decision in any way shape or form yes he's the commissioner but from everything you read i've read 
is that this was not his choice. This was purely the school president's choice, and he's just the commissioner, and he, he goes by what they say, and he has zero input on the matter. It, pers- like Maybe he has personal input, but what he, his decision in the matter apparently was meaningless. It was all the school presidents. Was he the fall guy then by taking the stance? I think he has been. If those reports are correct that, you know, he has no input in the matter, you know, basically then he is an unfair fall guy. Now, maybe his opinion has been to cancel the season and maybe his influence to the to the presidents. Maybe that's a fair thing. But right now it's it's on the school presidents. They, they made the decision, you know, and there is no other reporting out there that would you know, prove anything to the contrary. And the one thing with Kevin Warren is you saw he met with the president via the phone or in person. I'm not sure how that exactly worked or didn't, you know. But, you know, it seems like they tried to put some sort of plan in place to possibly play again. And it looks like tomorrow they're going to vote to play unless, you know, I, I can't imagine having a vote for anything other than playing. David, the University of Minnesota announced this week that they're going to drop four sports. Uh, men's gymnastics, um, women's indoor cross country, uh, their tennis program. Um, and they're losing, they estimated about $75 million in revenue since the March Madness was canceled last year. Athletics is the bloodline to many of the universities in terms of popularity, in terms of team spirit, in terms of boosters donating. Do you think that many of the boosters, as you've seen, you know, we've seen various lawmakers in Iowa, in Pennsylvania, you know, in in Ohio, push that this happens because there, there's money that's being lost because these sports aren't being played. Let's be honest; it all comes down to money anyway, correct? I mean, it's obviously all about the money, and but you, but once again, it 100% all about the money. But the science right now just doesn't necessarily back it up, saying that everything should be canceled either. You know. With sure. as we we're pointing out, zero hospitalizations, zero hospitalizations at, across the country, and I know that you know people will say, "Well, if one person dies, it's too many." I a hundred percent agree that you know one death is too many in a lot of cases. But it's like, have we ever been able to stop everyone from dying from cancer? Have we ever been able to stop everyone from dying from anything? You know, at this point, it seems like there's a firm control of you know young people are not dying from this disease and also while you're in the confines of these programs you're actually probably less likely to get the disease and spread it all around the nation so i can argue that society is actually safer with these guys playing now fans in the stands and all that that's a different you know that's a different theory and all that but you know if you're playing in front of no fans and things like that i think society itself is much safer with these guys playing than not Okay, well, one player who did die was a Division II player, Jamie and Stevens at, at California University well, of Pennsylvania. That, that also got retracted and said he didn't die of COVID this week. It did. And and also, remember, that, that university has no football, and they have not – what's it called? He has not been on camp – was not on campus since March. Okay, maybe I maybe – yeah, it, it was a very bad report. That, but that's that's the reporting on it. They, they canceled their football season. The guy was not on campus since March, and now it's being retracted that he even died of COVID. Okay, so earlier this month, uh, I'm sorry, maybe even late last month, President Trump went on a campaign and basically stated that he believes the Big Ten football shouldn't return. What's your sure. thoughts on the president's influence? on these universities and why do you think he's making a statement like that? 
Um, well, I mean, there's no doubt that's political gain for him. You know, I mean, there there is no doubt about that. I mean, if he's the one in battleground swing states, you know, pushes, you know, something that most people love in college football. I mean, if he's the one you can attribute to it and saying, hey, President Trump did this, you know, that's political gain in the election year. No doubt about it. Do you think he, if the Big Ten comes back, and they're targeting on, on October 12th, yes. if, it, if it does come back, do you think he himself will pat himself on the back for that? Of course. I mean, one way or the other. I'm not going to you know, say he did or didn't. You know, There will be a lot of people who say he, he has nothing to do with it. Of but, course. You know, I, I think he'll be quick to boast about it You know, one way or the other. I think already after that call, there were – or pre- school presidents who says he has no influence on this whatsoever. It's going to be, it's going to be our call and our call only. I've heard some theories that he heard, you know, the, the what's it called, the talks that they were going to come back, and then he made a call that became very, very public, and he's trying to take credit for something that he hadn't, that was already going to happen, and he just wanted to try to jump in on it. So I mean, I've heard many theories, you know. Okay, so David, I watched the uh, partially watched the Syracuse North Carolina game today. There was yes. no fan. There was no fans. I also saw on the Notre Dame game where there were fans. There's debates going back throughout the country. In fact, Roger Goodell stepped out, NFL commissioner, and said that it has no influence whatsoever. Do you believe that? Do you believe fans make an impact on the game? Um. Yes, I, I, I do. And the reason I say that is because if the fans didn't make an impact on the game, why why has Vegas for all these years um um what's it called? Um well what what's the right way? Place the home field advantage line? Place the home, home advantage into the home field. So I, I, I call BS on that, you know. Okay, so you absolutely think it has an influence. I mean I, I don't think that the sports gamblers and all that have been that wrong for all these years, you know. So home field advantage definitely plays an advantage when you have fans, but if you don't, does is it a deterrent? What, what, uh, um, is it because if you don't have your home fans behind you, and let's be honest, I mean, I was fortunate. I went to Penn State. I got a Penn State shirt on right now. I know yeah. what it was like when Penn State was down seven and the fans are behind them and they're rallying, you know, and, you know, it can be deafening. I mean, Urban Meyer, former Ohio State head coach, basically said it was one of the toughest environments he's ever coached in. Yeah. So it definitely plays a factor. But however, on the flip side of it, if fans are not in the stands for their home teams, and and many of us in the Northeast won't be able to attend an Eagles game or a Giants game or a Jets game, is it an advantage? Is it a, if we're if if we're an opposing team and we're the Eagles, for example, and we're playing up in New York and we get out to an early start, and there's no fans to, to rally the Giants on, is it more of an advantage for the opposing team? I think that it's kind of similar to what you're going to get in the NBA bubble where you're just playing on a field and there is, uh, I think you're going to get truer results. You know, there is no X factor or ulterior motive. So yeah, like I, I think the best team truly does win one way or the other. So do you think there's going to be, let's say the big 10 comes back. Do you think the Pac-12 will regret not coming back? Um, no, because they're, I think the Pac-12 itself, 
maybe financially will regret it, but they will never publicly because they're going to stay put in their way, you know, of saying we made the right choice. Science backs us, you know, and they have not wavered, which is one thing I will give them credit for one way or the other, whether you agree with it or not, they have not wavered. Yeah, there really hasn't. There has not been, or I haven't seen one coach like Chip Kelly come out um, and and when he was at UCLA and say, we should be back in. No one has come out and said, Clay Helton from USC. I haven't seen it. And like I said, and you saw Utah put their entire university, uh, university athletics all in furlough and no one complained. No one said, this is nonsense. We need to get back where the big 10 has been very adamant. Jim, uh, Jim Harbaugh from Michigan. He's like, we need to get back. We can be back in two weeks. James Franklin said, I have no idea what's going on. My guys are getting ready to play. Ryan day says, this is like, this is a dream opportunity to coach these guys. And we haven't been back. So let me ask you a question. Are the coaches in the wrong by putting their own self-interest at heart? Because they themselves. Uh, um, I could argue no no matter what, you know, whoever has been making these decisions one way or the other has been putting their own self-interest at heart. I mean, well, I mean, right. you, could, you know, the what's it called, the, the Pac-12, you know, I think it once again – you know, there, there are scientists and things like that, you know. Dave, what are the scientists going to say? What are they saying you know, to the Pac-12 guys that they're not saying to the SEC? I, guys? I, I don't know. That's why I think it's like their own self-interest and things like that, you know, whether it's political gain or whatever, you know. And I, and I mean this actually on both ends, whether it's playing or not playing. I think everybody's self-interest is at heart, you know. whether it's, it is. I don't know what the right answer is. I think right now it's kind of showing that these players are not getting deathly ill in any way, shape, or form. They're just getting the thing. So my opinion right now, until I'm proven wrong, and guess what? In a week from now, this video could age very badly, and I could look like an idiot saying I think they should be playing. You know, I don't know the science. I have not been privy to any of that information one way or the other. You know, well, so I think it's all self-interest. I agree with you. Well, as a former Division One athlete, and knowing what you played in front of, and and the fans that you played in front of, and mm-hmm. the fans you've coached in front of, do you think it's in the best interest of the athlete to keep them sane during a regular season, as opposed to keeping them in La La Land right now, which I think the Big Ten's doing? Well, I think I, I actually agree. I think it's better just to keep them. You, you you know your end result, and you know that's it. You know. Because at least that way you can have peace of mind knowing where the decision is. And, you know, the Big Ten's going to be probably voting to play tomorrow. And then, like, well, what's going to happen in the week? They've shut them down. I mean, I don't know. You know, I think the, the Big Ten's always going to be in limbo no matter what the decision. Okay. So let me ask you this question. Let's talk about the, the teams that are playing. And let's, let's mm-hmm. for example, say that the Big Ten does come back. Yes. Several players that are potential first-down draft picks like Minka Partisans, the linebacker from Penn State, he opted out before this, okay? Yeah. Pat Firmuth, the tight end, who was another potential first-round pick, he just opted out and said, you know, he's done going into his junior year. Jamar Chase, who's considered a top three, top two or three projected draft pick from LSU, the receiver, he's opted out. There have been several players. I believe there was a, a lineman from uh, Oregon that recently opted out. Yep. Um, all these potential players have opted out that are potentially first round or second round picks. Now, ironically, I haven't seen too many my Alabama guys do that. Do you think, why do you think that is? Well, first of all, I think anyone that has opted out in the big 10, um, it was just under the, is under maybe that presumption that they're not playing or they're just 
if they do play, if you're a high pick, it's like the guy Wyatt Davis um, from Ohio State, the guard who's a who's the top rated guard, opts out. Minka Parsons, and I think for them, there's serious injury concern at this point. Like, you know, getting your body going, not going, and maybe I'm wrong. Uh, that that's my what opinion. about Jamar Chase and SEC Jamar Chase injury. Okay. You wonder why? Because he, I think this is the easiest year for anyone to opt out without question. And he makes that decision saying, as a receiver, I'm not going to be number one over Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields or the guy that from Oregon that you referenced, um, Sewell, you know? Yeah. But I am the number one receiver. I lost my quarterback. I lost my offensive coordinator. By all accounts, the quarterback has not looked great in preseason practice down there in LSU, if, if we want to call it like it is, you know? So- you know what? Touch base on that. Who's the LSU starting quarterback? He's not a transfer, um, correct? No, no, it's a Miles Brennan. I think there was a transfer there, but Miles Brennan's gonna be a starter. Uh, he was Joe Burrow's backup last year. Okay. And one thing I will say is, when you are that number one receiver and you are the, like that, you are that projected top five pick. I mean, what more? You can't do anything but go down. Sure, you're know? hurting your draft status. I mean, so at this point, you know, with unproven coordinator, unproven quarterback, you know, I'm not going to get into whether I think Brennan's a good quarterback or not, because that's not the point of this conversation, you know. But the point is, is that I think he looked at, I'm healthy, I'm coming off with great film, you know, my body, I'll get into the best shape of its life. And guess what? With an agent or whatever, I can start getting paid to do whatever I'm doing, you know, and I don't have to worry about taking money. I can live a certain lifestyle in a year, you know, I'm making real money, you know, and that's just what it is. It's interesting. I just pulled up the, uh, they call it the top 20 opt out, the, the old opt out team. Okay. Yeah. Jamie Newman from Georgia, who was yep. a transfer, who's a, a transfer from Wake Forest. He opted out. Yeah. Yeah. Kennedy Brooks from Oklahoma state, the running back. He opted out. Kenneth Gainwell from Memphis. He opted out. Mm-hmm. Jamar Chase, we just mentioned, Rashard Bateman, another guy who had a great year last year from Minnesota. Uh, Rondé Moore, who I'm unfamiliar with. Uh, and obviously, they have a bunch of linemen. Um, but then we go down. and But once again, I'm, I'm going through this entire list. And, David, one thing that stands out to me, I do not see one guy from Alabama on here. And Alabama traditionally produced, what, 12 to 15 NBA NFL draft picks every year? Well, and another team that you don't see anyone from, I could be wrong. There's Correct me if I'm wrong, Clemson. I think I saw one guy from Clemson. Okay, yeah. so that, that I'm wrong. Okay, but let's talk about this for a second. You mentioned two guys earlier, Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, who both want to play. They opted in. Yes. And they're projected the top two quarterbacks. And Trevor Lawrence actually today or yesterday said he is going to the NFL at the end of the year. So he has taken that discussion. I mean, hey, he's taking he assumed – but yes, he has taken it out of the realm. He is leaving. You know? Yeah. Well, he should be. I mean, yeah. Let's be honest. Talking about Trevor Lawrence, he just scored his first touchdown of the year rushing. There you go. He there got you. engaged. Uh, he's he's a national. I mean, the guy's probably worth, based on the NFL numbers, probably a hundred million dollars right now. Still playing college ball. He opted in. Yeah. Um, which I think is great because I th- I like that way. I mean, I really do. I, I mean, think I think for Fields and Lawrence though it's a lot different of a situation than some of these other guys. I think like the linemen and you look at chase and stuff like that, where Justin Fields and Trevor, well, Trevor Lawrence, especially, I think could break his leg similar, do something similar to what Tua did. And he's, well, um, he's going to be drafted very high, you know, 
Sure. I, I think he wouldn't have to like have catastrophic career ending for him to be anything but a top 10 pick. Justin so Fields is probably similar. Based on so then then if they're then I look at this way and I hear what you're saying. Then why play? I mean, I want them to play every day. I want them to play. I love when I hate when guys opt out of bowl games. I really do because they're they're in, more interested in their draft status and don't want to get injured. I respect it, but I, I don't like it because you know, like I know Saquon Barkley, even though we played in the Rose Bowl a couple of years ago, he could have opted out. He was not he was a top two pick, you know. I think I think for I think for those guys, okay, so here's the catch twenty two for those guys, right? Yeah. Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, if they get hurt, they'll be fine. But they opt out, then out of nowhere, someone else builds momentum over you. You know, you, you keep your place on top, you know, whatever, whatever. But, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is going to be fine, but also the quarterback development, all that stuff, you know, you're better off playing than not playing. Um, okay, so you you if you had to make a projection, all right? Now, I don't know who the starting quarterback is. Once again, Alabama does not release that until the day of the game. It's going to be Mac Jones. That's okay. I guess I know they have a uh, the Bryce Thompson. It is uh, by every report. It's going to be for at least right now. It's Mac Jones. Okay. So early on, and I guess I saw this recently, there were like nine sports writers pulled, pulled, and they have just Alabama comes in for like the fourth time. <laughs> Do you see that? Do you see Georgia sneaking in there? Do you see uh, possibly Oklahoma? Uh, do you see anybody else? Could be Ohio State, could be Penn State if they play. Well, first of all, I mean, Ohio State's always going to be a threat. You know, mm-hmm. I think Ohio State might be dealing with a few too many opt-outs okay. in, in general. Um, I mean, Alabama-Clemson, I mean, you could say, well, it's boring. It's sure bat, yeah. I mean, shoot, it's happened like, what, like two of the six years or three of the six years, like, whatever it is in the with six, seven years, however many years the playoff has been going on. Yeah, it's, been and it's not when it's not um, Alabama, Clemson, Clemson's in it. And when, you know, one year, I think Alabama was in it themselves in a different way, you know? Okay. So, so. I, I worked at a university uh, a long time ago mm-hmm. and it seemed like the head basketball coach kind of, from what I, I heard stories that he kind of ran the athletic department. All right. And. No, who were you speaking of? The head basketball coach or were you speaking of, um, the head basketball coach. Okay. Well, you say coach Coach Calipari, who was phenomenal. Okay. He's a great coach. But I had heard that whenever he wanted something at Memphis, he got it. And the AD really didn't. There wasn't really much backlash. Do you think these because the coaches are making so much more money than the athletic directors and the presidents, and they know there there are many they're the big cow, that they're the ones that are pressing so hard that they play that they get back to have this season. And they're really pressing the envelope because, as we saw, there was an eleven to three vote. Correct me if I'm wrong. The three teams that did that voted for for Big Ten athletics was Iowa, Ohio State, and uh, and Nebraska. I mean, I can't disagree. I mean, you you're Jim Harbaugh. You start Jim Harbaugh makes about. And you, it makes almost you know, nine that, million dollars a year. It makes about nine anywhere between seven and nine million dollars for whatever report you want to go by, right? Yeah. And you start seeing your buddies out in Utah and USC, guys in the coach fraternity, who I'm sure most of these guys are really friends oh, with, you know. Of course. And they, and out of nowhere, they're furloughed and they're not making that guarantee, quote unquote guaranteed money that you never thought they would not be making, you know. And I'm sure what's it called down the line here, you're gonna start seeing coaches suing schools for this money, you know. 
I, yeah, th- I think that's down the line coming, and that's going to be an ugly aspect of it, but I do believe it is coming. Um, so because you're, you're talking about millions of dollars that aren't being paid out. And they don't have it. I thought yep. they don't have it. That's not right. I'm not disagreeing. I'm not saying that the schools are wrong in any way, but I do think the lawsuits are coming. You know? So let's get back and play. Let's, so um, they're starting to say, well, we've got to play because I'm Jim Harbaugh. Like, you could say, well, the guy's got plenty of money. Well, his lifestyle right now might be based on the fact that I'm making $9 million a year. You know? I, uh, yeah, I agree. I, I absolutely agree with that. I think from a wise decision is that's what they want to do. And they're also, let's be honest, David, coach are, coaches are habitual, all right? Yeah. They want to play. This is their time where, you know, everyone can always say like, oh, they put like 20 hours a day in. David, you and I have been in offices. They're not putting 20 hours in. The video no, guys might no. be, you know. They, they want you to believe that because it's good coach speak. Yeah, they're not doing it. Like when uh, when I was hearing that Joe Brady put in like 120 hours to prepare for the Nationals. I'm like, no, he didn't. Maybe total, you know. I'm sure he watched a ton of film, but he didn't put that many hours in, you know. And also, I think a lot of times it means if you're putting all that time in over a you know over a small period of time, you're unprepared, and also you don't believe in what you're doing in your core philosophies. I I agree with you. I remember um, coaching working with the University of Memphis, and we're scouting Tulsa. Yeah. And Doug Wojcik is a phenomenal head coach at Tulsa uh, in College of Charleston. I hated his scout. He's a Michigan State guy. And anyone who understands that, it's like basketball speak, where they put a lot of different sets in. Mm-hmm. You know, Thomas always puts a ton of sets in. And I remember calling up their operations guy after watching like seven or eight of the games. I said, yo, help me out here. What are you guys running this week? Because this, I got 78 different sets. You know, how are you guys doing it? And he's like, dude, Josh, you're not even serious. And I said, listen, Coach Woe is a great coach. But like our guys are you know, our, our guys, they can't remember our own place, let alone this. And I remember going to coach Pastner's office and said, what do you got for me? And I said, you know, we just got to focus on us. You know, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that's continuity, but you know, this is, they run so much different action out of different sets that our guys don't remember any of it, you know? So, so I, that's why I was looking and say like coaches are habitual and that's why they want to get back. David, how much of an impact do you think this is going to have on, on winter sports, whether they come back or not? I think it's going to have a huge impact. I think, okay, I think that this is everything. If you can start getting four of the five power five back and then, you know, I think you, you have a chance of seeing an NCAA tournament. You know, I think. You know, there, was, there, was a, there was a report out this week that the ACC coaches wanted to vote in every. Yeah. I feel like that shot down quickly. Which is great because I, I you know, Enough's enough. You know, you got to earn. Then what's the regular season for? Well, I, I saw it's like one of these things. It's like, you know, you know, in the idea that with bubbles and all that, it's just no financial way possible. You know? Yeah. I mean, Penn State could finally put on the resume they got an NCAA tournament. Congratulations, <laughs> Pat Chambers. You know, only took right. 10 years took a, and, a, and a coronavirus to do it, right? Yeah, so Exactly. Now, he would argue that his opportunity came late in, in March and it got taken away, but they lost five of the last six and really there wasn't much faith going into it. So, um, I mean, they, I saw them as, as high as a seven or 10 seed. So, uh, you know, they had a phenomenal player on Lamar Jackson who probably would have scored over. I believe he, he scored over, or he just came short of 2000 points. But so, so here's the difference though. These games are going to football's played outside. 90% of them basketball is played inside. 
So and now you and I have been, you've been coaching and coach this past weekend. Mm-hmm. I've been a refereeing. I've been watching guys all summer. Again, we're not, not too many outbreaks. No one's getting sick. No one's dying. So I asked this as we're going to start wrapping this up. How closely are you watching what's going on in AU if colleges are doing that by bringing, by bringing the kids back and practicing? I know this. I've spoken to various coaches. Some of the kids are getting tested once a week. Some of the coaches are getting uh, t- kids are getting tested twice or two, even three times a week. And other kids are getting tested because of the different programs and the money once a month. So, well, David, what's your thoughts? Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to rat out in the universities because, you know, one, one way or the other, you know, but I have a couple of players that are playing Division One basketball right now that I coached last year. And one of the kids I spoke to recently getting tested three times a week, you know, you know, also obviously that's a power conference. Let's be honest. Um, uh, not a power conference, but yes, more money in this conference than you know others. You know, it's not not a power five, but yes, you could say there's definitely more money in, in this conference. A top team is in this conference. Um, then I talked to another one of my players, another Division One player. Uh, I, I've seen him a lot. You know, you know because his brother still plays, so and he's a little bit more local to us. Um. I think he got tested one time in the summer, and that was it. You know, and their individual workouts, all the whole nine yards. But it basically, they're taking the stance: if no one's sick, we're not, we're not testing. It's too much money. All right, so I'm going to ask this question. It's a little bit serious because there's been 2020, and there's been yep. social injustice, and players, and everyone has been speaking up very loudly. Do you think the players that have stepped out and say we're not playing for college, but college football, because of a variety of reasons, can do will do so the same way in college basketball? And um, you think though, it would, I it, think that there's just two. Uh, I'll be honest with you; it's going to take a special high draft pick to cite that. Like, and here's the reason: if you're not a guaranteed top ten or fifteen player, what is I, I'm going to try to word this very carefully. I understand social justice and I love it. And I love the importance that's been brought. Okay. But social inequality, what is the best way to fight inequality and, you know, financial inequality and all these things that, you know, they will cite to you become a high draft pick, make millions of dollars and become, um, sure. so don't like, I don't see the benefit from someone who, unless they're just basically ready to sit out the season because they know that they're they're going to make a lot of money anyway, right? And there's not too many guys. There's most of those guys that we saw jumped over to the G League. Yes. So, like, don't – I have a hard time seeing how it benefits these guys to sit out for social injustice. And, you know, I could – I would listen to some – I would love open to listen to conversation why they should. Professional players are much different – opportunity because these guys have still made millions of dollars you know i agree you know, and different things but for someone that hasn't made any money and they might not make the nba but they can make it overseas just to sit out but then you don't have the film and the i i, I just let's be honest, let's be honest I, I could be wrong and i'm not in their shoes so it's not you know it's not for me to say what's right or wrong but for me it just doesn't make sense to well david i agree with you and let's be honest first and foremost the reason why you go to college is for the to meet your brothers and, you know, and, yes. and, and, and play with a team. And obviously the NBA is not a wonderful opportunity that provides a different lifestyle, but let's be honest. If you're going to sit out and you're going to take yourself out of that environment, 
like James Wiseman did it this past year. He did it because you know they said he got paid and all this other stuff, but then was welcome back and then he decided yes. to stay. So he was a top two pick projected. But if you're an average fringe player, I don't see the benefit at all. And I think you go and you play for for the team. I hope basketball gets started up at the end of next month, like we normally talk about. You know, I think it's going to be a different year. I know Coach Patino, who's now at Iona, spoke months ago and said they should just play the conference conferences starting in January. Mm-hmm. May make sense. You may have a vaccine by then. How prevalent will that be for everyone? I don't know. You know, how many yeah. how many how many kids? We'll say, okay, well, I'm not sure if I want to get the vaccine, you know, and, and we'll be a decision that guys was like, well, you have to get the vaccine, otherwise you're not playing. I can only imagine what could come from that. So we still live, you know, six months into this thing. We still see a lot of uncertainty. But the yeah. one thing I was excited about was tonight when you called me and said, hey, the Big Ten has a chance of coming back. And I've been following, you know, I've, yeah. I'm, I'm jonesing for it. Like I miss my Penn State football. My father and I love it. You know, the whole family gets behind it. I don't know how much my brother does. I'm trying to get my nephew who's two to say we are. And Ryan's like, just be quiet. Don't get him start that, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think it's I think it's been great. I think it's been really important uh that we that we touched on this because I, I'm gonna go on the argument and say, David, I think we're having I think Big Ten football's coming back. I really do. I think they're gonna make uh, I, I don't see start. how they're not. Any I just don't see how they're having a vote tomorrow. And I could be naive. How you could possibly have something that's a public vote and anything other than, you know, is it going to be unanimous? I don't think so because I think school, I think there's going to be just enough votes to win it, and then there's going to be certain schools that when they gauge that, they're going to vote against it just so that they can always be on the right side of history. Okay, so let me ask you this question then: we'll Like in their mind, it's a it's a low lose situation if that makes sense. Okay, so I'll, I ask you this question: If those two teams, let's say there's two or three teams. That don't that choose not to. Do they start? Does does the other I don't know? Was it 16, 12, 14 teams in the Big Ten? Does the other fourteen, the other teams that voted yes, kind of like these guys are out of it? They're annexed. We make more I, money I think, than anybody. I think here, here's my opinion. At this point, if you vote in, you should be allowed to play. And it's well, that, however many teams, if it's four teams, five teams, whatever it is, you should be allowed to play. If you vote out, you're out. And there's no there's no revision out forever. Maybe out forever. I don't know if that's extreme, but if you're if you're out, you're out for this year, and don't you know there is no revisiting this, you know. And let me ask you this question: If these teams are out, okay, they vote themselves out. Do they get a? Yeah. Do they not get a piece of the pot? Come on. I, uh, um, I don't know how that all works or doesn't work. I, I would say that their share should be lower. You know, I don't. I would say I would say their share should be none. I, that I, I agree with you, but once again, like you know, there's also a part of me that you know thinks that really at the end of the day you're just taking it um once again i think self-serving political reasons one way or the other are most of the reasons for this decision and i hate to see it getting taken out on the kids long term i agree but you know and, the- that's, and 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 you know what maybe that's the softy in me and the forgiving person in me you know but uh, i just don't like seeing the the kids being the the ones who are being affected i agree with you. all right David. And future generations to come sure so so Come Tuesday morning, you wake up, uh, Big Ten gives the vote, and they're back playing, right? I, I think there's no doubt about it. And we'll start in October, early October, projected, correct? I don't see any way. I think Big Ten football, I'm going to give you the exact date. Um, let me pull this up. Um, October 10th, they will be playing. I would love it. Will there be fans be in the stands in the Big Ten? Um, somewhere, yes. Yeah, I can see it out in Iowa and Indiana. 
I think there will be fan. Uh, there's no way that Ohio State will go zero fantasy. Yeah, but we have Governor Wolf in Pennsylvania who is trying to trying to deny um, high school sports again. So good for him. He, he's pushing real hard. He's one of the. He's he's a fan of mine right now. So David, why don't you take us out? It was good good follow up. And uh, until next time, this is changing the times. All right, sounds good. Thank you.